Welcome, spirit travelers, to the Conscious Quest podcast. On this show, I, Kaylee, and my co-host, Sonia, review and explore the spectrum between science and spirituality to help listeners find their own authentic sense of spirituality. We also run and discuss monthly chakra-based quests to develop a sense of balance between mind, body, and spirit. We hope you'll join us for a quest or two and see where the journey leads you. And here we are. Here you are. Another episode of Conscious Quest. We are your hosts. I'm Sonia. I'm Kaylee. And welcome. Hello. Hey. (laughs) Today we will be talking about the spleen, the spleen chakra, (laughs) otherwise known as the prana chakra. It's located below the left rib and is responsible for health and energy function. Um, And for this month, uh, we chose to live primally. So we followed the mantra of be a human animal. And we will break that down in today's episode exactly how and in which ways. We'll talk about the splenic chakra, the overview. um, And then we will relate that to the current event and how home gardening has exploded. Uh, It's beautiful. Um, Then we'll be talking about this thing called sacred sons or sacred sisters. Um, If you haven't heard about that before, well, then you are in for a treat. But for now, let's just start with the Cards Against Humanity draw. Thank you. Let's do it. So cards. How's the episode going to go today? What do you think of the Splenic Chakra? What about home gardens and sacred sons and sisters? Tasteful side boob. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I think about my primal self, I do think about side boobs. Yeah. Just about boobs in general, really. (laughs) More nudity. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Very, very tasteful. Yeah, side boobs can be really tasty. I don't know. Like, I, honestly, I haven't licked enough, in my opinion. Side boobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Put can it on lick- your bucket list. <laughs> I I can lick my own, but that's just. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Have you? Are you able to lick your own side boob? Do you have yeah. big titties? <laughs> twist yourself into a pretzel just to lick your side boob (laughs) this is what it means to live primally people be a human animal put your own titties in your mouth (laughs) grow a garden there (laughs) it's like pasties like little little garden pasties it's actually the uh, moss that you just like yeah I want garden titties. <laughs> Water them with my own saliva. All no. right, here we <laughs> No. That's no. where you know. That's where you know me. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> Why do you censor me? <laughs> Let me be my primal self. This is what this means. Licking moss titties. <laughs> is that a planet in Star Wars? <laughs> planet of the Moss Titties. 
<laughs> it's where the Sith grow. <laughs> okay, so that was great. Uh, yeah. Back to the spleenic chakra. The spleen chakra. Um, so the spleen deals with our immune systems, like our fear response, uh, the energy to sustain our bodies, maintaining good health, taking risks, and our instincts. So some of these um, topics are very much related to the solar plexus yeah. uh, and the root, really. I mean, they're, the spleen is sometimes considered to be like the second chakra because it has just so many connections to the root um so that's and i think like its connection to instinct is really um it like shows that connection to the root yeah yeah i felt like uh there was a lot of expressions in it that kept bringing me back to the root and um like it was it was kind of a hard month in a in a way that it was pretty self soothe like i had i felt called to soothe myself and we'll, i'll talk a bit more uh at length when we get to that part but um it was the root chakra that i found myself trying to connect with again to try to find balance while i was working with the rest of that yeah so it makes sense mm-hmm. yeah um, an, impo- an imbalance in the spleen can manifest in um, like depression, feeling disconnected from your community or tribe, problems with the immune system, excessive risk taking, being overly fearful of everything in your life. Like on the other side of that, it can be hypochondria. It can be a mistrust in your instincts. Um, it can feel making you feel disconnected from your instincts, like not even being able to feel them in order to trust them or not. Uh, Spiritual numbness. Yeah. You can have low energy or you could feel the need to like take a lot of risks in order to feel alive. So so impulsive or depression. Pick your, pick your poison. Yeah. It can (laughs) manifest in either direction. Um, And then it can be blocked by trauma, fear, anxiety, the things that we consume in our lives. So like the spleen, um, like Sonia said in the beginning, is the pranic chakra. So it's constantly taking in energy from the outside. So it has to deal with everything that we consume. So Mm. food, information, um, the air quality around us, the kinds of relationships that we have, like if those things are unhealthy and unbalanced, that's going to affect how you feel in your spleen and how your spleen is able to um, operate. And obviously like trauma, you know, makes you feel like you, you can't trust yourself or trust your body to know what's best because we're like put in these situations of, being afraid and being so out of control. Mm -hmm. And this is certainly one of the areas just like it can trauma can manifest in any part of the system or in the entire system. And this, 
this relates to the solar plexus in the way of like last episode talking about a uh, trauma response can be not trusting your instincts because you were taught to in order to predict your environment. Mm-hmm. And so that is a way that the solar plexus chakra can directly feed into the spleen and how yeah. um, blocking and, and the way that those are manifest can compound on each other. Mm-hmm. So in order to find some sense of balance, you can ask yourself what feels healthy for you and really learn to tap into the messages that your body is giving you. Um, And you can take time in nature, which is excellent for all of the chakras always. Uh, You can become more involved with your food sources, the self-care to bring down stress levels, is super important um, dealing with fear and anxiety that come up and not just like storing them in your body and pushing them down and repressing them and then learning to trust your instincts so that's like a really heavy list of things (laughs) to like (laughs) think about doing but they're so important to um you know us being able to operate in Mm -hmm. a in a healthy way well the the research on this was um, kind of sparse, really, uh, with the spleen chakra. It's one of the lesser known, the smaller ones. So um, it was kind of difficult to find information on this. But one of the bits that I that helped me understand it a little bit more is with talking about how it's part of prana, it's the pranic healing um, life recovery. Uh, like the spleen in this system is. Uh, a major entry point for processing and filter, um, processing the air, the energy, the breathing in life, and then transforms that current into energy. But with that being such a major entry point, it doesn't come equipped with um, with a with a sorting process like sifting, like uh, filtering you know, of, of that energy that you do bring in. And you said that when describing this. Yeah. Since your spleen is physically associated with your lymphatic system, which is kind of like the waste management system of the body. It's your largest um, organ in the lymphatic system. And I will say like, since some people don't have a spleen because it's been like surgically removed or due to illness or something, it doesn't matter if you don't physically have it anymore because the energetic imprint of that organ is still in your body. Mm-hmm. Even if you were born without one, like the energy is still there and yeah. you are still able to work with this chakra. Your, cell, yeah. your cells still created it in the first place and yeah. your cells remember. Mm-hmm. So, but. yeah, but it is about like all of that filtering and when it when it's taking things in, it's having to filter out all of that mm-hmm. stuff that doesn't really serve your energetic energy system. And it can get blocked that way, right? Yeah. I mean, you can just like imagine like a, a furnace filter, right? <laughs> like <laughs> if you're not like taking care of it and giving it maintenance. But like every so often it's going to get like all gunked up and the air isn't going to be able to flow through the house in an effective way. It can become, mm-hmm. it can like even make you sick. 
because it's not like able to take out the things that it needs to take out. So I feel like the spleen chakra, it needs like a lot of regular maintenance and it needs like this consciousness, like conscious attention to um, how fear is affecting it. But the maintenance is tied into the root of us as like human beings. Like we are primal creatures. We want yeah. to take care of it. We want to come up with those coping mechanisms because at the end of the day, we're all trying to be healthy in whatever definition that means for us. And innately that's going into this filtering system. Like we're trying innately to find ways to cope and to process and filter out all of this energy that is just thrown at us in our lives. Yeah. And I think like another thing I wanted to mention, because one of the points that I talked about was, um, and this has been really relevant to me in my life and my spleen expression is learning to trust the messages that your body gives you. Um, because I have a chronic illness and like one of the things that can result from this spleen and not dealing with stress correctly and letting fear get the better of you is that it can, it can create issues with autoimmune disorders, which I have. And I did not know how to listen to my body before I got sick and for a long time when I was sick. Like, I thought that pain was some sort of punishment. That like, oh, I ate the wrong thing. So now I'm in pain. And but really, like everything that's happening. You're telling yourself that you deserve it. Yeah. Or that like. There's nothing that I can do. I just have to endure whatever is happening in my body. And this is just not the case. Like I have had to learn over the last 13 years to um, every time your body is experiencing something, it is a message from your body. Your body is trying to communicate with you through physical sensations. And those sensations are really a gift. Like those communications are a gift. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, there have been times in my life where like, I don't want to fucking hear that. Right. I don't want to hear that the severe pain that I was in for years was a gift to me. Right. It just feels like so awful to think about. But truly, my body was trying to communicate to me that there was something wrong and that a change needed to happen. And it's not going to be like overt about what that change is. So you have to like really take the time to listen and to like to trust your instincts on that. And I mean, that's it's so easy to just be like now nah, my body's being dumb just gonna push on just yeah gonna carry forth mm-hmm. um and like i even st- i might have even said that yesterday like oh my body's being so dumb lately well actually no my body has changed and i can't eat junk food or drink as much alcohol as i used to and i'm actually the one making my body feel dumb whatever that means mm-hmm. but it's so easy to just kind of ignore those symptoms, to ignore your body. But I feel like this goes back into the root chakra in that way. That's the first lesson that we learned during this whole conscious quest so far. 
is yeah. reading and listening to your body. And trusting the body, really. Right. And that's yeah. the, one of the major lessons that we learned through the solar plexus is trust. How mm-hmm. do you trust your impulses? So this feels like a combination of both of those lessons, but on a deeper, more health and more tribal level. Yes. Um, you came up with a pretty interesting fact about yeah and I think it's one that we all kind of know already but there's a lot of research that has been done on this and it is that fear anxiety and stress um, when you are experiencing those it alters your immune system's ability to function properly so that can come out in a couple of different ways. So it can um, become an autoimmune disorder, like something like I have, mm-hmm. or it can become like over chronic stress, you lose the ability for your body to be able to fight infections um, as efficiently. So you mm-hmm. can get sick more often, you can get the sicknesses that you do get can be more severe. So this is just very splenic, right? I mean, this is your immune system and it has to do with fear and stress. So, and these are all, these are both of the things that the spleen deals with. And, And in our culture, because of the way that our bodies developed as human animals, the fear response was supposed to happen and then dissipate. You know, it was like, okay, there's a direct threat in my line of vision. There's a snake on the ground, a poisonous snake. Mm -hmm. I need to get the fuck away from it. So then you're able to run away from it. You go back into your community. You're able to like release the fear, the emotion you have support around you. And then you move on with your day. That's done. The cycle's completed. But now we have deadlines looming over us. We have these like not being able to pay our rent. We have, you know, um, the state of the economy and the political things that are happening that are just like these that we have to we have to adapt to in order to feel safe. But but in the reality, these things just keep separating us further and further from our community, which is our support structure for even being able to cope with these things and to live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, which is why it's so important to work with these things, because we are constantly being bombarded by these stresses and these fears but it's not a hopeless case. Like we can totally learn how to cope with this stuff. We are completely capable of that. So I I think that that's just really important to keep in mind because I think it can feel so defeating when we think about how the system is as a whole, but the power lies in your ability to learn how to deal with it and learn to cope. And that is totally within everyone's capabilities. And it doesn't it doesn't take an autoimmune disorder to hit you over the head with you needing like a call to action to work with this. I mean, it could be as minor as headaches. Like I get headaches all the time, but that's because I don't have the healthiest coping mechanisms for my stress. And I often ignore what my body tells me, uh, like needing food and water Mm -hmm. or um, taking a moment to just enjoy the actual moment instead of letting fear um, and and trauma dictate how able I am to be present. 
Yeah. So, so these can manifest in small and sneaky ways. Mm-hmm. So that was, I think, some of the biggest lessons from working with the spleen that we did for that whole month was like confronting a lot of these aspects of it and, and truly listening to the body and to instinct and impulse and taking action from there and, mm-hmm. and not just being ignoring these yeah. messages that we were getting. And one of one I one of of the most significant, in my opinion, um, things that came out of that month was how you specifically realized what you needed to feel safe and, and happy, um, not just in your environment, but in relationships as well. And it was in that month that you and I had a difficult conversation about um, a blip in our friendship that was more than a blip. Um, it was, it turned into like a fundamental uh, threat to the safety of our relationship. Um, and, and it was a past event. But during that month, you felt like called to mm-hmm. talk to me about it. And I, I, and it was, it was a, um, it was eye opening, honestly. I needed that conversation. Um, because that led to me thinking in a new perspective and accepting the uh, responsibility of my actions. And, and I, like, it can be more than just physical health. That was very much a call to mental health. Yeah, absolutely. I felt like I just constantly was having like the question come up of like, is this healthy for me? And then if the answer was no, then, then it became like, well, what can I do to make this healthy for me? So, you know, communicating with you about that and like bringing up this thing that happened like literally five years ago, but was still affecting me and was still affecting like our relationship and how we communicated and me being able to communicate to you that I needed like some new boundaries put in place. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, it was really fucking hard to talk about that and to bring it up, but I feel like we are better for it. Right. And I, I feel that too. And it didn't solve the problem, but it brought attention to there being a problem needing to be solved. And yeah. so it begun the work on that, which I don't know how long it's going to take for the work to be complete, but I do feel closer to you because of it, even though it was a tough swill- a tough pill for me to swallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, even like, so I had that in my relationships and even felt that even with some of my family relationships, like, um, you know, I can sometimes be called on to provide a lot of support for some people in my family. And it's not always like healthy for me to provide that for them. And so Mm -hmm. me being able to say like, I'm not available for that right now, you know, I'm possibly in the future, but right now I can't. And just being really respectful of that and not feeling like I needed to give more of myself than was healthy 
in order to maintain a relationship that the boundaries weren't exactly like the best to begin with. Yeah. 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 I felt like boundaries kept coming up a lot during that Mm -hmm. quest. And oh gosh, just because I think we skipped over it, or at least I did, um, our quest for that month, uh, more than specifically being a, a human animal, was to indulge in activity, like a single activity every day that made us feel primal in some way. And that was a little, it, it was a little, um, <laughs> it was the word I'm looking for it, it, it opened it up to a to a wide uh interpretation yeah like a yeah it was it was um a little more vague than before because that's subjective what does feeling like a primal animal feel like to you how is that expressed mm-hmm. so we gave it space to develop a little bit more naturally than the previous quests. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up making like a list of things in the beginning that I felt like would be like fun and primal to do, which was like, really, I really enjoyed that. Um, But a a lot of them I ended up not doing just in favor of like literally like taking care of my home space and cooking for myself and just like, Maybe not going out into nature every day, but just like taking time to like make my home feel homier. Yeah, and I did I did that too um, in the first half. Like I did a couple primal things. Like um, I re- I wanted to work with my primal fears quite a bit, and one of them was uh, thunderstorms. And this is actually like a learned behavior. I wasn't always afraid of thunderstorms, but I became afraid of them so during that month every time it was storming I just went outside I just walked in the rain a lot I went outside I rejoiced in it um one day I even like screamed up at the thunder (laughs) (laughs) and released that energy and now I'm only terrified when tornadoes come around so and that that that's fair that's a fair fear yeah for sure yeah (laughs) but you do feel like that helped yeah it did Mm -hmm. um yeah I became a lot more concerned with my physical health and I made some moves to change some things that have been like bothering me for a long time so I was having some issues with like my menstrual cycle and my hormones feeling like they weren't balanced and like for a long time I was like I have to do something about this I have to do something about this like literally happening for like over a year (laughs) having these problems but then like splenic month I didn't even plan on doing anything about it but then I was just like we're gonna fucking fix this (laughs) (laughs) I just did so much research by myself and my my partner helped and um, like found out what I needed to do to like naturally help my body to regulate my menstrual cycle. And now like the last two have been way better than they have been in years. Like I feel so much better like on this new routine for that. And then also just like... um, re-engaging with the diet that I use to treat my chronic illness. So like I've been on this diet for like 12 years and it can be difficult to follow because it's very strict. Um, And I sometimes will fall off 
being extremely strict. So like in the diet, I'm not allowed to have starches or gluten or lactose or sugar, you know, and these things. So um, uh, sometimes like I just get... (laughs) I just miss potatoes so much. I I have watched you cry over chocolate too. (laughs) More than once. (laughs) But, um, you know, so I was in a phase where I wasn't doing the best to uh, follow the diet to the T. And um, Mm -hmm. I felt really re-engaged in that and just felt, it just felt very natural to do that. And I've just been really good about it since. And my body feels a lot better. Like I was having um, like chronic migraines. And I think that this was attached to like the hormonal issues that I was dealing Mm -hmm. with for like the entire second half of my cycle every cycle like I mean migraines that would last for like a week and it was debilitating like I couldn't do the shit that I needed to do um and so but now like I maybe have like one or two days where I have headaches you know in my in the second half of my cycle which is fucking awesome (laughs) like it's so cool and I don't think I would have been able to get there without like the the month-long focus on just connecting with my primal self my instincts and my body yeah yeah that's um that's first off incredible that you were able to do that like congrats it's not easy grateful like that it worked so well I'm not saying that like everybody We'll have those no. like kinds of results or anything. Like the health is so individual, and yeah. you know you do what I you mean, need to do. I was I was having issues with my uh, cycle as well. I was having really really long bleeding periods that were insanely heavy. Like I'm one of them was like a month long, and I didn't really. I don't have access to health insurance. Mm-hmm. The closest thing I have is my mother-in-law as a midwife. So thankful for her. But it was really when working with the sacral chakra specifically and the cervical sighing um, that helped my issues with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but it just... <laughs> all of these chakras like I love I love the pattern here they're so they they compound on each other and and they all like feed into each other like the I like seeing these patterns that keep coming back up and that you were working with like you figured that and what helped you out with like the spleen chakra well like what helped my problem was a whole different one I don't know I'm just drawing conclusions it was really interesting to me yeah and I feel like that's like part of the reason like going through the whole cycle is the whole cycle of the chakras is that people are going to store different things in different places. So like maybe my issues with my cycle weren't really sacral, they were splenic. So I'm having to take the splenic month to be able to transform my relationship with it. And thus, like my physical expression of it. And yours was with the sacral month because that's mm-hmm. where the problem was stored. So like making progress by working with where it is instead of just like making the assumption that 
because the internet says that the sacral <laughs> is where period problems come from, like I must have to work with my sacral. Like it might not necessarily be true for for yeah. everyone. Right. But then that's where you have to tap into the root and actually try to feel your body out. Where is this trauma stored? Mm-hmm. Um, and it might what? not like even become available to you until you've like worked with the chakra for yeah. the month. Like I, there is so much that I, I would not have guessed that my cycle issues that I would start to work with them in, while working with the spleen. I wouldn't have guessed that even if I had like taken the time to tap into my body and be like, okay, where, where is, where is it? Like, where should I work with? Mm -hmm. I don't think that would have been immediately available to me. (laughs) Right. But like that's shows how important this work is. Yeah. To take the extended time. Time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about how we like taking a month to work on each chakra point because it gives it gives it time to develop and to change and to become integrated with who we are. Like we need, there's a lesson here to learn and we need to take time to, to fully process that lesson and, and how it even relates to the chakra that we're working with and the Mm -hmm. ones that we've worked before. Yeah. Um, What were your real quick, what were your expectations going into this month? Oh, yeah. I forgot to talk about that. (laughs) Um, I think I just like expected to have fun you know I was like okay cool we're gonna like be primal and it's gonna be sexy and it's gonna be like fun to like go out and do these things that I want to do um it was fun it certainly was fun but it was also a lot more of like uh just like a natural focus on on the body and the health Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I guess yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to not be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was expecting fun after working with the solar plexus because, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a really difficult month for me. So I was like, oh, yeah, give me primal month. This is me. This is my bread and butter. I haven't shaved my armpits in years. Like, let's go. <laughs> I'm so excited. But I guess that means that when it hit me, what when the other factors of, of this hit me, um, it hit me pretty hard. Uh, I remember not feeling safe. Mm. A lot of feelings. I'm like, like going out and dancing in the rain um, or uh, taking 30 minutes to make animal calls to yourself, or I let my uh, leg hair grow out. Um, like those like I enjoyed those moments. I I love the things that remind me that I am an animal. But at the same time, the other side of that coin was I realized that I didn't have boundaries. I don't have boundaries. And that was a trauma response um, that I'm understanding more. But like that month made me realize exactly how few boundaries I actually have. And that is very it feels like a very unsafe world to live in. So um, I, I ended up doing a lot of self-soothing, a lot of nesting, a lot of um, emotional grooming, mm. just trying to soothe myself and realizing where these, 
where I'm feeling unsafe and it was unsafe in my relationships and it was unsafe in my, um, my reality and my predictions of my future and where I'm going to go career wise. I, and, and like even location, I, there was just, after the month of trying to figure out a routine and structure and how to listen to my impulses came the month of feeling like, okay, if I have to trust myself, then what is there to even trust? Like, I just, it, it became a month of question marks, really. Mm. And I was not expecting that. I wanted to fun, have fun and to play and have a lighthearted month. But this was, this was um, almost unstabling. Mm. Did you feel like you came to any conclusions about those things or... I feel like I'm still coming to conclusions, but I I think that these question marks were important that these like not having realizing that I exactly how few boundaries I had. Like this was important information to come to terms with to realize that I have questions and no answers for these things. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's going to take more than a month to figure out the answers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the fact that I even came to notice what these questions even are, I feel is progression. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I didn't really feel safer at the end of that month. And then going into the next month, I definitely didn't really feel safe, but um, that makes me realize that, the safety that I felt before was illusion that I placed upon myself Mm. instead of actual security. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful for becoming aware of those lessons. Yeah. But it just, it's almost daunting because it shows me exactly how far, how much further I need to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, they're a bitch it's a bitch the journey yeah yeah Yeah. so it was almost it was almost hard like harder because I was expecting fun and yes I did have fun moments Mm -hmm. but the lesson was much heavier than that for me at least Mm -hmm. how about for you um I felt like the things that I was that were coming up for me were more subtle and I just kind of trusted my drive to like figure them out or to find solutions for them. You know, like the stuff with my health or, you know, having like difficult conversations in my relationships. It was just kind of this sense that I was like, oh, no, this is what I need to do. And Mm -hmm. um cultivating or pulling up the bravery to have those conversations and to, to really confront the things that were holding me back from feeling better. Um, and, and the things that I could do in the moment, you know, like, because some of them were going to like take a longer time to be able to solve, but, Um, you know, coming up with just like the intentions to solve some of the problems. 
like yeah intention setting intention that resonates yeah Yeah. intention um because i think that's something too like in a lot of physical health problems is that like most of these things aren't going to solve overnight you know like an, an emotional health like health in general like you have taken years to get to this point. Like, why <laughs> would it just like suddenly fix itself just because now you're doing the right thing for two weeks? Like, <laughs> your body is yeah. like, yes, good start. Yes, <laughs> but we need a little longer. It's a yes and, mm-hmm. yes and, and. Yeah, and. it's like, it's, it's like the rule of improv, just like, keep going keep mm-hmm. going stop it gets going. highs and lows highs mm-hmm. and lows but hey we're here for a reason yeah <laughs> yeah so that was that was the the feeling i think it wasn't yeah i don't feel like it was a super rough month for me especially compared to like the sacral chakra like i wasn't you know having nightmares every night and crying myself to sleep so mm-hmm. it was it was okay. No, we have we're not we haven't been working with the eye yet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, now that we said it, intention I feel was like, what are your intentions? How are you setting your intentions? Mm-hmm. And are they for your benefit in the terms of health? Mm-hmm. I feel like that was to summarize like a big takeaway from yeah. that month. Yeah. And boundaries go into that. Mm-hmm. And like in order to even understand your intentions, you have to be able to read your body and then to trust yourself. So that goes into the root and the solar plexus again. Yeah. Ugh. I just, is it too much to be some sort of nature witch frolicking in the woods, <laughs> not worrying about that, the big sigh. That's that's it. Not worrying about that. <laughs> I just it, it feels like these lessons are getting more and more difficult because they are getting more and more personal. Mm -hmm. and it's about letting it's it's one thing to let yourself be vulnerable by yourself when you're working with these but it's a whole nother layer to be presenting this in podcast form Mm -hmm. and and like yeah we are performing but also we are internalizing we are trying to actually take these lessons to heart and we are performing in our most authentic way Mm -hmm. but it adds another layer of severity of of vulnerability to it yeah so so it's sometimes like with these lessons as they're getting a little harder it feels like we're getting closer to touching uh, like a nerve Mm -hmm. Hmm. at least for me and I keep saying and I keep saying daunting but like that's because I know that I have my shit to work through yeah (laughs) I know I'm not living my highest uh, most authentic self right now but this is that's a part of the journey I'm aware of that I know Mm -hmm. I'm not like the best person on that but I want to be I want to be a good person 
Yeah, and, and then that's all that we can ask from ourselves is to just like continue striving to be that. Mm-hmm. You know, even like on our worst days and going through like the things that are difficult, you know, like how do we handle difficulty with grace? And yeah, I think like through each month, it's like you're presented with a new aspect of being graceful. Like, you know, it's like, okay, here's this hurdle. How are you going to jump over it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) How are you going to like clear the way, you know? And um, it's good though. I think, yeah. And we'll talk more about like, like how the heart month went and what the plan is for the high heart, but... (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that, like, we're nearly done with um, the heart month, like, the spleen honestly feels like a cakewalk compared to how this <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about how it's getting harder and harder. Well, the heart, the ego, <laughs> you know, that hit me hard. <laughs> so, but I... It was, it's honestly the juxtaposition, the difference between having such a term, like, uh, having such a unsafe feeling time with, with, with um, boundaries and, and um, fear during that month, but then combined with going out and dancing in the rain. Mm-hmm. Going and enjoying the moments with your friends just a little bit more or embracing how your body naturally is by not shaving because you just want to feel that way. Like, I love I love that those two things were sitting so close to each other, those two events. Like, yes, I was sad and I felt depressed and and a lot of question marks arose. But also at the same time, I'm making animal sounds for a half an hour and laughing at myself. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like we need we need something to soften the blow of the lessons mm-hmm. so it's just important to continue playing and and that's something that i want to bring forth into the next lessons to learn is how do we keep playing how do i keep tapping into my body to listen to what i need to trust those impulses and to have fun as well as growing as a person yeah, th- th- that's a part of it, too, is, like, you should be able to have fun during the process. You know, there should be humor and there should be joy. Mm-hmm. And if there's not, then maybe we're not doing it right. <laughs> right. Because all of these things, the highs and lows are a part of, you know, being an emotional creature. Whether you distance yourself from that emotion or not, like, it's part of experiencing it. So embrace the laugh, embrace the tears. Yeah. Okay, should we move on to the current yeah. event? Um, can we pull another card? Yeah. Please? I'm just, uh, that was a lot. Okay. <laughs> For our experiences with the spleening chakra? Yeah. Okay. Your experience with the spleening chakra was... And me. What? Man meat. Well, I was horny. 
but also the meat of being a human. He's cannibalism. Human. <laughs> what are we other than human meat animated? <laughs> Can we go back to to uh, to eating people? <laughs> no. <laughs> man meat Mm. (laughs) and uh, my experience was growing a pear which I stood up for myself yes you did (laughs) you did you grew a pear and I went to cannibalism (laughs) I ate myself you grew a pear and I ate myself (laughs) Okay, so our current event, you came up with a good one, home gardening. Yeah, in the urban gardens, yeah. Um, one in piece of info that I found pretty interesting was how uh, home gardening has blown up through the pandemic, um, like with the health crisis people return to like a primal food source that's healthy and like a survey uh, taken by a large supplier, Bonnie plants um, showed that more than 20 million people took up gardening for the first time in 2020. Wow. Yeah. That's so many yeah. just this explosion. And they think that it's going to stick around, that this isn't just going to be a trend, that people found a new hobby that they like, mm-hmm. that they appreciate. And it's a direct show of like their ability to care. Mm-hmm. And then you get all of these veggies that you share with your community. It's beautiful. Yeah. And you like know exactly where your food is coming from and how much like love and care was put into the growth of these plants. And it's very primal. Yeah. And it doesn't surprise me that during a during a pandemic, during a health crisis that we we uh, focused on health in in a different more primal sense like we can trust mm-hmm. ourselves here to take care of our health now yeah. since this is going on <clears throat> and um i the research that i did led me more to like uh, the concept of urban farming and having farms and gardens in like city environments um because and i found that like 800 million people worldwide which is over one tenth of the world's population practice urban farming so people living in cities who are growing plants or even have like larger farms in in within the city limits. Um, and that, you know, by 2025, like over half of the developing world's population will be living in urban environments. I mean, we've got three years <laughs> and over <laughs> half will be there. And we think about like the cost of bringing food into the environment from like large fields and things compared to the cost of growing with like new technologies and things just within these spaces already. So like it's it saves resources and it connects people who wouldn't normally mm. be as connected to the like agricultural process. So, yeah, it's um, 
Really interesting. And then um, also like even beyond just growing for food, like community gardens where people can rent out spaces. Um, it's like, it's so um, tribal. Like it is yeah. very tribal virtues, you know, like you have this open space where you can grow plants. And a lot of these community gardens are associated with like uh, charities and things. So the extra food that they grow, they give to people who need food in the community and that's sharing resources. And mm-hmm. uh, that's so like splenic, you know, coming back to like our <laughs> innate animal roots and like the instinct that we have to care for each other. Yeah. It's like when, when the spleen chakra is out of alignment, we will still naturally innately gravitate back towards it. Mm-hmm. And it just, it kind of relates in my opinion, back to how it's pranic and, um, and how it's such a major entry point for one air, which is like um, all of the energy. And it feels cohesive that we had such an explosion going back to uh, realigning the splenic chakra in the face of uh, COVID, which had to deal entirely with like air and and like give like how contagious mm-hmm. that was. Yeah. So like find like taking in that energy and then filtering it out into a healthier expression. I just, it feels so powerful to me. It's such Mm -hmm. a force for good that we saw in our society that came about of something that was so devastating. Absolutely. Yeah. And even just like scientifically, the fact that like being exposed to green spaces and being exposed to plants helps to lower cortisol levels, which is lowering stress, which is helping us deal with fear, which is helping our immune systems to function better. And it increases mental health, like how people feel in their day-to-day mm-hmm. life. So like, it was just such a nice thing that that happened. And maybe it, it didn't balance out like the horrible effects of the pandemic, but I certainly think that it helped some people to cope with them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, like the lesson that I took away from working with this, like it can be very difficult. There are some real hurdles to jump over, but you need to stop and, and like appreciate the small things to get you through it. Mm-hmm. Like you're jumping over this hurdle. Take a look at the sidelines. Is there a flower? Pick that flower and not jump over the next hurdle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I just, we've been, a lot of the current events that we've been talking about so far, I feel have been really heavy, really daunting, and and almost, like, negative. Like, society, like, uh, it, it's really easy for me to talk biasedly about society and capitalism and, and all that. But, like, having a current event that's just like, yes, gardening, people love fruits and veggies and flowers. <laughs> it's just, it, it feels lighthearted when we need it desperately to have that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, connecting people to the planet and, like, caring about Mother Earth, which is, like, the source of all of us is where we come from. So... It's so powerful, you know, even like, yes, this is a very positive topic to talk about, but like, it doesn't make it any less powerful than the things that like the more challenging things that we've discussed. 
Right, mm-hmm. right. But it's it's easy to get so swept up into the challenges because yeah. I mean, like, we want to problem solve, mm-hmm. like, we want to live happy, healthy lives. Um, but like, the positive things, the positive effects that come about from those challenges and trying to solve those problems, y- you need to take the time to appreciate them. Yeah, like, Instead of always tracking the failures, take time to track the successes. And this was a success that came about during all of that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when I feel lost in my everyday life, one of the things that I find balance in is reminding myself that I am a tribal creature. I'm primal. Mm-hmm. I'm tribal. Community is important. Mm-hmm. Nature is important. Yeah, And sometimes... Sometimes I cap that off with looking with stargazing, which I also did that month. Quite yeah. a bit. <laughs> it's so important to remind yourself that you are a part of nature too. Mm-hmm. Oh, we are human animals. That yeah. was the mantra <laughs> this month, that month, but like, it's so true. I even remember like, being in situations where like I wanted to relax or like I wanted to just completely enjoy the moment and having that mantra to fall back on and be like I am a human animal it almost just like gives you permission Mm -hmm. to just enjoy the present moment and whatever you're doing because like once you like you it's almost like peeling back the layers of like I'm civilized like you're just peeling that back and being like no like deep down I am just like an animal trying to survive and enjoy my life and I can react in any way that makes me feel good yeah yeah I just how like how can somebody uh who like works in healthcare? or um, a factory job, pretty much any high demanding job, stressful, long hours, like how can even them remind, like how can those people remind themselves of their spleen chakra and how to bring balance back into it when there's so many things that take, take can take you out of it? Mm-hmm. My partner's like, is it- in healthcare and... Um- it's always a priority to him to like in his free time to connect with nature. So like he gardens and he loves to hike and forage and do that kind of stuff. And it is like such a high priority for him because it helps him to like deal with the stress and decompress. I think that those things are like available to all of us. I think it's just kind of been conditioned out of us to like have that be you know, what you want to spend your time doing. Cause it's like, Oh, it's so much easier to just like log on to like a video game or something and like just melt the day away and not think disconnect. thing. Yeah. Disconnect instead of like connecting in a nourishing way. And I think maybe that is something to consider is like yeah. when you do have time to yourself to decompress, are you trying to distract yourself or are you trying to like connect in a nourishing way? 
Yeah. And sometimes it is nourishing to disconnect. Sometimes you do just need to do that, but, but it can be really easy to um, indulge so much and like fully and spend hours and hours. And then like you spent your, as you said, your entire day disconnected yeah. from your reality. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it can be a part of recharging, but um are you abusing it? Yeah. Is it too much? You know, like, I think that that is what like I would consider. Um, but obviously like I'm not in that space. And if, and there is anybody listening who is, who has any insight into that, we would love to hear from you, you know, about maybe what your strategies have been. I'm so sorry about the barking dog. It's okay. It happens. Wow. All right. So, but like, I think this goes into uh, the sacred sons and sacred sisters. Like, sometimes you do need to take an extended break, like an almost a vacation, Mm -hmm. and consciously connect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, sacred sons and sacred sisters is an organization that hosts retreats that are specifically revolved around healthy expressions of primal activity and indulging in that on a community based level. So, they have uh, a lot of activities and therapeutic like sessions where you it invokes this nature like a safe space, and this is gendered specifically to garner that uh, safe space and and in that form format um but it's it's where you're allowed to cast aside uh what you should or could or have to be and do in our society and take the moment to go back to those primal roots and and express that in a healthy way with other people who come from similar backgrounds yeah absolutely um and just real quick, I want to share like how you people can find them. This will be in the show notes too, but um, you can get them on Instagram at Sacred Sons and at Sacred Sister Circle, and then their websites are sacredsons.com and sacredsistercircle.co. So yeah, if you're more interested in learning about those retreats and stuff, I highly recommend like checking them out because even just witnessing them on social media has been so cool. (laughs) Like I love when I see their posts because it just seems like such a powerful environment to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, even the pictures of all of these men dirty and gritty and sweaty from wrestling and they and now they're like crying and hugging each other yeah. it is beautiful it i is almost want to cry so too beautiful as i think like over time you know we've all been conditioned people of every gender to think of our primal selves as something that needs to be hidden and needs to be like um we need to behave and we need to be civilized and we need to be clean. And that, and this is like that, I think it goes back to, you know, like the Puritan shit that the United States was founded on, you know, like that concept of like in Christianity um, where like cleanliness is next to godliness and that to have like these dirty air quotes, 
urges and the need to express these like emotions that aren't clean feeling is so deeply ingrained in so many cultures to like just repress that and to not let it out. And then what happens? Mm-hmm. I mean, we get like a mental illness. We get like, um, you know, men who have the primary hormone being testosterone and like the need to express like ag- aggressiveness, you know, um, and women also have that for sure. I'm not just yes. like limiting that to men, but and then being told that they're like not allowed to like have a sacred fight, you know, or they're not allowed to show violence in any kind of way in any part of their life. Otherwise, they're dangerous and they, they shouldn't, you know, they should be in jail or something, you know, and and then it ends up coming out in ways that aren't healthy and they're not able to express those things. Um, in a healthy way. So like having spaces like this where they can, so necessary, so necessary. Like if we're going to talk about toxic masculinity, we need to be offering mm-hmm. solutions. Yeah. And, and also keeping it in the context that it's not just masculinity that can be toxic. There's toxic femininity as well. Absolutely. And that we all have masculine and feminine energies that are a part of us. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't just gender specific to have like masculine, feminine or solar and lunar energies. Like we all have parts of this in us. Yeah. And it's a a spectrum with a pendulum that keeps kind of swaying and moving as you change and evolve in your different expressions and personality. Sorry. Yeah. And like, are you able to fully express all aspects of that? You know, are you allowed to have a sacred feminine sexuality regardless of your gender? But are you allowed to experience that? Or are you going to be called a slut? You know, are Mm -hmm. you allowed to, you know, like some of these spaces, maybe not necessarily sacred sisters, but some of the spaces that I've been drawn to um, maybe being a part of have like, masturbation circles where everybody like brings their sexual energy together and then they use that to like manifest and like that sexuality isn't something that needs to be closed off in private because it's dirty and it's just like too primal you know like that's yeah Right. But like, if we get down to the roots of humanity, we want to have sex, mm-hmm. we want to eat, we want to be dirty, but also be clean. And we want to do all of that with each other. Yeah, we are a social species. Yeah, we deeply. rely so much on each other. And to be isolated is just is to deny your humanity. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people need to book a retreat or like go on vacation just so they can leave all of their responsibilities behind and allow themselves the space to open up and be vulnerable because, because one, they've invested resources into it. So that means that they're a little bit more invested into the change in the process. And, and, and two, it's a whole space completely designed for it. It's like sometimes you have to get away in order to break through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then to be able to take those lessons back with you too. 
So you have this safe space to learn about these things and then you can take it home and you can practice them maybe in a smaller way so that the like these pent up things just don't keep being pent up. Like you're having rituals and you're having more tools to be able to connect in, in that primal way and um, be healthier and more balanced and, and open up that splenic chakra. Yeah. Yeah. We're always trying to find new ways and outlets to work with it, whether we're conscious of that or not. Mm -hmm. But now now, hopefully, after listening to this episode, if you weren't before, you could be a bit more conscious about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> or even go on a quest to be more Ooh. conscious. <laughs> Speaking of a quest, should we lay it on them? Yes. Are we at a place? Your homework. Mm-hmm. Be a human animal for a week or a week take time over the week to just be a human animal express your primal self whatever that means to you mm -hmm. go out and mud wrestle scream at the stars climb a tree how did climbing a tree work for you it Kaylee? was not great i was <laughs> i'm weak <laughs> I did climb one though. Um, later on, I, I did get up in one. <laughs> it was like okay, a, it was okay. like a beginner climbing tree, basically. And my mom <laughs> and my dad were there. <laughs> and my mom was so anxious. She was like, "Don't fall!" I'm like, "Mom, if I fall, nothing's gonna happen. I'm one foot off the ground." <laughs> Did your dad have any reaction? No, he didn't care. He was probably over <laughs> he was just looking at something. <laughs> he was waiting for you to fall and to break your back. No. <laughs> he was just more concerned with like the geese that were flying in the air or something. He was being primal. Yeah. He was looking at the geese. He was doing his own thing. He indulged. <laughs> your mom was the only one out of the loop there. I mean, she she got she indulged in her fear. Yeah, she let the spell an overtaker the, the primal fear <laughs> so yes your homework is to go and do something fun and dirty or or you know i don't know go sit underneath a waterfall I, <laughs> whatever you do do it it feels good i'd like this that was mm, a good lesson to take away um I feel like like you guys have your task now, mm -hmm. and we can leave your leave content. Goodbye. Yes. All right. <laughs> good luck and goodbye. I hope you enjoy your primal week. Oh, next week we're talking about heart chakra. Yeah, probably. Which yeah, we are still in the process of right now, so it will be yes. fresh. Mm, yeah, we'll try not to talk for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Conscious Quest podcast. You can find a new episode on the first and last day and every Wednesday of the month. To reach us in the meantime with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at consciousquest.info at gmail.com or find our website at myconsciousquest.com. 
Help us out by rating and reviewing the episode on your preferred platform. And we'll see you in the unavoidable void. Are you ready to pull another card? I am. Let's do this. I was already shuffling, so I I can do it quickly this time instead of like taking forever to shuffle. What's the week? The week ahead. What kind of energy do we all need to focus on Cards Against Humanity? What do we need to bring into this primal quest week or the rest of the Heart Chakra week for us? Mm -hmm. The energy of riding off into the sunset. Oof. Yeah. Mm, that's a sweet one. <laughs> Become one with the sunset this week, guys. Appreciate the beauty of nature and all that the world has to offer us. Oh, that was eerily accurate for Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> I'm a psychic Good bitch. <laughs> I want to get you a shirt that says, I'm a psychic bitch. <laughs> It could be both ways, like I'm a psychic bitch or I'm a psychic bitch. Where are you placing the comma? Yeah. Is there one? Is there not? We'll never know. Maybe it disappears with the UV rays of the sunset, the comma goes away. It's a pretty sweet shirt. (laughs) Technology. All right. Have a good week, guys. Bye.